my, my job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them by hook or crook to get more aware of themselves and where they came from and what they are into and what is already there and just to bring it out. This is what compels me to compel them. And I will do it by whatever means necessary. Welcome to the Black Girls Heal podcast, where we talk about healing our intimacy disorders, unresolved trauma, and building a healthy relationship with first ourselves and then others. Every episode, we will talk about advice you can apply today to break unhealthy patterns and grow in your self-worth. I'm Sheena Lachey, love addiction coach and trauma specialist. Let's begin. Hello, hello, ladies, and welcome to the latest episode of Black Girls Heal. I hope that this finds you well and thriving wherever you are. So today's episode, we are talking about why love addicts are actually avoidance. And this episode came to me because at the time that I'm recording this, we just opened applications for a coaching program from avoiding to available, the newer version of where I'm really focusing on going deeper into healing and relationships and and dating and stuff for, for single women and helping them go from being avoidant to available in all their relationships. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors. So you've heard me share about my journey with vitamin D and how a deficiency was causing havoc in my life, causing depression that was not helped by therapy, emotional support skills, and other resources that I had access to because the source was organic and coming from inside my body. And it was only by healing my body with vitamin D supplements that I actually saw change. And I'm not alone with me being part of the 82% of black women in America who struggle with the vitamin D deficiency due to our melanin not being able to synthesize as much vitamin D from the sun. But Black Girl Vitamins is a proud black owned brand that develops vitamins to address the specific needs of black women like iron and vitamin D deficiency. Each purchase contributes to a scholarship fund that supports black women pursuing healthcare education. Plus they're vegan friendly and free free from harmful additives. Try Black Girl Vitamins to see improved health in areas such as energy, fertility, and pregnancy support, balancing your blood sugar, and more. Get 10% off your first order with the code HEAL10 at blackgirlvitamins.co. That's B-L-A-C-K-G-I-R-L-V-I-T-A-M-I-N-S dot co and use promo code heal 10 to get $10 off. Take control of your health and level up your summer with black girl vitamins. It's time to make this summer your healthiest one yet. And so as I'm talking about the program and people are applying, I kept getting questions from ladies in the audience who identify as love addicts. And they were like, well, what about me? Are you going to put anything out for love addicts? Or is this, can this program help me too? And I was like, Yeah. And I realized that there was a big gap in how I'm explaining things, or maybe there isn't a gap, but I haven't made a clear connection that love addiction and love avoidance are different sides of the exact same coin. They are both intimacy disorders and the healing process for both is actually the same. And that's because love addiction in itself is actually 
a defense mechanism. It's actually a trauma response. It's actually an avoidance technique to stop you from showing up as your full self. And in this episode, I'm going to tell you why why that is and where that comes from so that you can have more clarity of when you may be doing these patterns in your own life. Um, Because every time I talk about love addiction, love avoidance, people always ask, can you be both? And I say yes, because they go together. They're just distancing techniques that we put out as a protective measure to stop ourselves from being heartbroken or being disappointed or being abandoned or rejected and all of those things, right? So before I get into that, I just want to be clear because I feel like I haven't said this in a while because I'm always talking about like how to tell when something is off and what to do next, but to really focus on what is healthy, what is healthy love. I want you to know that when it comes to the difference between being in love and fully in love in a healthy way and being love addicted, they both come with that intensity, right? Healthy love is is intoxicating. It's um, consuming, you know, especially at the beginning during the honeymoon period, right? It's, it is, um, it is rich. You can't get enough for that person, right? And a lot of the same ways that love addiction works. Like love addiction, you meet somebody that those sparks, that chemistry, it's like you just want, you want to eat them up. You just want to ravage them. Um, you never want to stop touching them, like all that stuff, right? But with healthy love, the difference between those two is when you are with someone who is healthy, when you're with someone who is emotionally available and shows up for you, that connection with that person, it enhances you. It makes you better. It highlights all of your strengths and all of the things that makes you glow and invites you to shine. It enhances your confidence and challenges you. The person that you're with makes you believe in yourself more. It's not a weight or a struggle. And with love addiction, what you find with time is you may have all these really great feelings, but there's a lot of self-doubt that comes with that. There's a lot of, am am I enough that comes with that? There's a lot of second-guessing your place and are they into me as much as I am? And if you're with someone who's avoidant, right, which is typically the pattern, if you're a love addict, you find someone who's avoidant, um, you find that over time, they start to pull away, which makes you feel even more insecure. Also, love avoidance, we are very good at nitpicking and we're very good at blaming the other person for the reason why we're creating distance. Like they're being too annoying or they're being too clingy or they don't understand our boundaries and it sends the other person into a tizzy, right? And if you're the love addict, you're the one that's in the tizzy and it doesn't really make you feel like you're good enough as you are. You you get into a state where you're trying to fix it. You're trying to figure out what's wrong with you and try to return things back to how it was before. And that kind of dysfunctional cycle does not happen in healthy love. The compromises and the ways that you negotiate what works for you looks and presents differently because it's from a place of two whole people who are owning their parts and explaining and talking about their emotions and saying and expressing what they need, that's what happens in a healthy partnership versus a love addict's love avoidant partnership. There's a lot of guesswork. There's a lot of, let me try to read their mind and anticipate what they're thinking and anticipate what they're going to do next to make sure that they don't say or do something that I don't want to happen, right? So I just wanted to explain that before we jump into that, because I want I don't want anyone to be afraid of falling in love, especially if you're in this healing process and you have worked so hard on your intimacy disorders. I think sometimes 
in hopes of being a self-aware and in hopes of making sure that we don't fall into our same mistakes, sometimes we can be hypervigilant or paranoid and even restrictive because we really don't want to fall and make the mistakes that we did before about overattaching to somebody too soon. But I want you to know that you're supposed to have these feelings for people. You're supposed to smile and get giddy when you see their name cross your phone. You know, you are supposed to want to, you know, spend time with them even when you have plans. You know, whether or not you do that because you're working on your own boundaries is, is a different story. But it's not wrong to feel that that sense of being enamored with them. So that's my explanation before we jump into that. So let's talk about why we as love addicts are actually operating in our avoidance when we are in our addictive state as well, okay? So the reason why I'm saying that love love addiction is actually a defense mechanism is because it allows us to focus so much on other people and it allows us to focus so much on a relationship and self-medicating and like the fantasy or the hope that once this works out, we'll be okay, so that we don't actually have to look at ourselves. So we don't actually have to touch on those things that are actually making us doubt ourselves in the relationship, making us doubt our self-worth. And so it is so much easier to focus on how to make somebody else happy when we don't know what makes ourselves happy. It is so much easier to be a chameleon if we have been a chameleon our whole life and just kind of adopted whatever other people have told us to be and to do and operate in our codependence instead of standing our ground and saying no and figuring out what we actually want. You know, as love addicts, our biggest, our biggest hurdle is actually, actually learning how to be in relationship with ourselves. We don't quite know how to do that. Um, there's a part of us that doesn't actually feel like ourselves are actually that interesting. Like, Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. Yeah, I love myself, but like to spend time just by myself, like that sounds excruciating. It sounds unnecessary. It sounds silly. It sounds immature. I'm with myself all day. How can you say I don't love myself? But we can see a mirror of actually how we feel about ourselves by the relationships that we entertain, by the people that we allow to stay in our space, to stay in our body, to stay in our heart without requiring them to treat us with respect, to treat us with fidelity, to treat us with admiration, to treat us with care. Right? You've, you've heard me say this and I'm going to keep saying it because I want us to understand that relationships are absolutely a reflection of where we are with our own self-value. And not for that to be confused with whether or not we control other people, like we can't control whether or not someone's a jerk or an asshole or if someone is just not listening and they're defensive, that's not in our locus of control. What is in our locus of control is whether or not we allow that person to be in the sanctity of our heart, of our inner circle, and in our space and all the things I've already listed already, right? And so with that in mind, let's go ahead and revisit some of the things that I just shared about how we can kind of use 
these relationships and we can use the obsession of our relationships to run from ourselves. Hey, we hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Let's take a quick break to say thanks to this week's sponsors. Ladies, I am so excited to share that for this podcast episode, I've partnered with eHarmony, the dating app that helps people find real genuine connection. And for me, this app has absolutely held true to their promise, connecting me to a truly incredible relationship and partnership with someone who truly gets me. Dating apps can be so hard when it comes to filtering through persons who you may not have anything in common with or who may not be super serious about the process and committed. With eHarmony's one-of-a-kind compatibility quiz, you get a baseline standard in every match of your compatibility around values, communication styles, likes and dislikes, energy levels, and so much more. My experience with eHarmony has always been superb with not only the quality of men I was matched with, but also with our compatibility when dating, eliminating the stress of feeling as if I was wasting my time. So join the dating app that helps users find their most authentic relationships. eHarmony, get who gets you and start free today. When I talk about being avoidant, I'm really talking about being avoidant in our self-relationship. There's a part of ourselves that we don't know and we didn't get access to tap into because maybe we grew up in homes where, we're, where that wasn't encouraged. Maybe we were encouraged as a parentified child or maybe there's a lot of trauma that we didn't really have time and space to figure out what made us happy, what made us shine, what made us feel special. Maybe we might have come from an immigrant home that really pressed that for you to be accepted and for you to be loved, there's one of four careers that you can have um, for us to be proud of you. Otherwise, you are outcasts. And those four careers being a doctor, lawyer, engineer, or maybe a pharmacist, right? And so we grew up in settings where our identity wasn't cultivated, where our opinions, we are our, our caregivers, our authority figures may have said something to the effect of, you know, stay in a child's place or um, speak when spoken to, or I'll give you something to cry about, or all the whole litany of things that really dismiss you as having humanity and having an opinion just because you're in smaller form, just because that's what they learned is how a child and a person can be treated, no matter the impact of how that made them feel growing up as a little girl or as a little boy in life, right? So we grew up as women, kind of molded to be shells in a lot of ways, where we are now chameleons and whatever, whoever's in front of us or whatever's in front of us, we can adapt and, and adopt it. We can become whatever the partner wants us to be. We can become whatever the boss wants us to be. We can become whatever the friend group needs us to be. Some of us are the life of the party in one friend group, and some of us are the mother in the other friend group, and some of us are the observer and the sage in another friend group, and we just we just mix and match, right? <laughs> and a lot of these things, like I've always shared, are superpowers, they're strengths, right? They're what help us be successful. But when we look at being available in a healthy relationship, if you're with someone who actually wants to get to know you, they need to be able to get to know you. They need to be able to get to know what are your likes and your dislikes. That involves you saying no and having boundaries. That involves you having an opinion. That involves you being able to risk making someone mad, which is often if you are in your love addicted state with a partner, you are really afraid of losing that relationship. You're afraid of being too much. You're afraid of rocking the boat. 
You're afraid of putting down the limit that you know you need to put down because you know they'll be out the door, right? Because again, we're only love addicted with people who are toxic and unhealthy for us. In healthy relationships, boundaries are not a bad thing. They're a good thing. I remember I was once in a relationship with one person and I was still very much in my codependent place. And he would say things, he would say things like, and I can't remember the phrasing of it, but it was something to the effect of where he was almost like begging me to like tell him what I thought or give my opinion about something or to not make things so easy for him, right? To not just be this doting person, this doll in a way, because he wanted that, he wanted that edge. He wanted that challenge and not in, and again, not in the toxic dysfunctional, like some of us are. And if this is you, I might be calling you out a little bit, but like you need like fight and turmoil and chaos, but just He wanted to know that he wasn't talking to a glass wall, that he wanted that dynamic, innovative person that he saw from afar that attracted to him in the first place. But when I got into relationship with him, all of that fell away, right? Because I didn't know how to actually step into myself because I learned to be loved meant to be easy. And that's because I would self-abandon myself. I would be in avoidance with myself to trade off and get access to this person or what I thought they could give me that I didn't believe that I could give to myself. So when you're looking at your healing process, you got to look at you learning and loving you is as important as you learning how to let other people in. You usually cannot let other people in if you haven't fixed that relationship with yourself because you're so afraid of what are they going to see if I'm actually myself? What if I snort when I laugh, right? <laughs> For me, um, what if I, you know, I drool when I, when I get really into like a story, like, I don't know if I should say that on podcast, I'm not going to cut that out. <laughs> I'm on a roll right now, but you know, we all have like our own little quirks Um, When we are like fully letting go, when we're fully just out there, right? And so is there a part of you that's afraid to let other people see that? And if so, why? What is it that you feel is so, so unlovable? Because the truth is there's nothing that's unlovable about you. The people who are for you are going to really embrace those things. They may even have the same quirks. They may be your people. All of your new best friends may also be laugh snorters, right? So as you do your intimacy disorder healing process, I just want you to be curious about the reasons why you are doing the things that you're doing and what purpose it serves. Do not feel as if you need to be stuck in a box um, and completely aligned with just one, with one description as far as how I teach here at Black Girls Heal, um, the three different descriptions being love addiction, love avoidance, and love deprivation or love anorexia. Because the truth is we go back and forth between those different types, depending on the person who's in front of us, because we're so afraid of intimacy. It is the ultimate defense mechanism for me to be fully addicted and attached to someone who's never truly going to ask about me or require me to show up as my full self. That person is getting everything that they could want and need by me going along to get along, by me 
trying to tailor all my actions to make them happy, to keep them around. They have all the benefit. And so I'm in a room of 100 people, I'll find the one person that can't show up for me because that's what keeps me safe. That's the love avoidance. You're truly avoiding someone wanting to be your partner because that vulnerability that's going to be required is scary. So with that said, I hope that provides clarity for y'all. I hope that that means that anytime I talk about love avoidance or it's in a podcast episode or in a Facebook live or a newsletter or just somewhere in the writing and you see it that you don't click out, that you actually read it, that you actually listen. Because the truth is, you know, I, I talk to all of y'all. I talk to women who have a variety of how this presents for you and you all get something from it. Why? Because an intimacy disorder is an intimacy disorder. And um, in the same in the same way that I was love addicted with that one person and just completely just became needless and wantless with them. And the next relationship right after that, I was with someone who required me and wanted me to show up as my full self. And I put that poor man through hell. <laughs> I made it so hard for him to get to know me or I would shut down or I would get busy or I would make up excuses about why he wasn't good for me, right? Just because I wasn't, I was so scared of of actually being loved or there was a part of me that didn't feel like once someone actually got to know me that they would actually accept me. And that's what I had to work on. And that's what you get to work on. So that is a short but sweet episode for this week. I hope that's helpful. And just to close the loop for anyone who has been hearing me talk about all of these things and you've been wanting to work together and you're like, I don't know if this is for me. This is for you. <laughs> so you can go to blackgirlsheal.org to apply. It's a quick two minute application, just telling us what it is that you want to work on. And if it's a good fit, we will follow up with next steps on how to move forward. So that's it y'all. I hope y'all have a great week and I will see you in the next one. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Before we get started, let's take a small break to say thank you to this week's sponsors.